This is Stanley bringing you the sound doctrine of the Bible. Under God, I conducted sound doctrine seminars in 1997, 2007, and 2012. The talks of these seminars are now made available to you in segments. They are for your enlightenment and edification. We continue from what we saw in the previous segment. The Doctrine of the Church First we studied about one God and Father. Number two, one Lord. Now we will move on to the next doctrine, even the third, one Spirit. Whenever you refer to the Holy Spirit, you must remember two things. One, the deity of the Holy Spirit. The other one is the personality of the Holy Spirit. When we say the deity of the Holy Spirit, we say Holy Spirit is God. Now we can prove that from comparing a few passages from the Old Testament with the New Testament. There are simply too many, but I will pick up a few of them because the time is short. Jeremiah 31st chapter 33rd words. Here God speaks about the new covenant that he will make with the house of Israel. I'll put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Who said God says it in Jeremiah 31-33. Now when you come to book of Hebrews 10th chapter. If you look at verses 15 and 16. Here it says, the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us for after he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. Now what we read as God speaking, here we read in the New Testament as Holy Spirit speaking. Holy Spirit is God. Now come with me to another passage, Exodus 16th chapter and 7th words. In the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he hears your murmurings against the Lord. The murmurings were against God. But when you come to the book of Hebrews, 3rd chapter, there we read from verse 7, as the Holy Spirit says, Today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion. Come to book of Acts and look at the incident of Ananias and Sapphira. In the third verse, Peter says, Satan has filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit. When you come to the fourth verse, last line says, You have not lied to men, but to God. In the third verse, he says, You have lied to the Holy Spirit. And in the fourth verse, he says, You have lied unto God. Holy Spirit is God. 
earlier we saw that God alone is eternal. And now when you come to book of Hebrews 9th chapter and the 14th verse, we read about the eternal spirit. And we say God is omnipresent. When you come back to the same psalm where we read about God's omnipresence, even Psalm 139. Now when you come to the seventh verse, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Yes, the Holy Spirit is God. And Holy Spirit is omnipotent. The angel told Mary, the power of the highest shall come upon you. You shall be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that which is born of you shall be called the Son of God. Nothing is impossible with God. You shall be filled with the Holy Spirit. Nothing is impossible with God. The Holy Spirit is God. 1 Corinthians 2nd chapter and the 11th verse. No one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. The latter portion of the 11th verse. That is why the Holy Spirit is kept co-equal with God the Father and God the Son. That is why Jesus Christ said, You baptize disciples in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And when Apostle Paul closed to the letters to the Corinthians in his benediction, he says, May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So the Holy Spirit is co-equal in the Trinitarian Godhead. So that's about the deity of the Holy Spirit. The other important aspect is the personality of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is not an influence. Please understand that. The Holy Spirit is not a power or a force or an influence. Now, one reason why people think the Holy Spirit has a force or power is because of the various symbols or emblems that are given in the scriptures for his personality. Jesus Christ was talking to Nicodemus. He was talking about being born of the Spirit. He compared it to the wind the wind blows where it desires. You do not know why it comes from and where it goes. But you hear only the sound thereof. So is every man who is born of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is not a wind. Jesus compared the Holy Spirit to the action of a wind. On the last day of the feast, Jesus was standing and he shouted aloud. 
If anyone thirst, let him come unto me and drink. As the scripture says, out of him who believes on me shall flow out rivers of living water. And then he said, This he spoke of the Holy Spirit that those who believe on him should receive. The Holy Spirit is not river, the Holy Spirit is not water, but the Holy Spirit is compared to the flow of a river. And the Holy Spirit is compared to fire. And the Holy Spirit is compared to oil. Oil was used for anointing the leaders in the Old Testament. There were three leaders. Prophets, priests, and kings. Now these were the three officers who were anointed with the horn of oil in the Old Testament. That is what is meant by anointed or messiahed. Somebody was prophet and priest. Some people were priests and kings. But only one person held all the three offices. That is Jesus Christ. He is prophet who came from God. He is priest who went back to God. He is king who is coming back again. Prophet, priest and king. That is why the Bible says God has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your companions. It was a triple anointing. Jesus Christ is three in one. So as such, the Holy Spirit is compared to oil. The Holy Spirit is compared to dove. When Jesus came out of the waters of baptism, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove and alighted upon him. Because he's uh, compared to wind and water and fire and oil and dove, people get stuck with only that symbolism. And another reason why they think of him only as a force or an influence is that the Holy Spirit does not have a body like Jesus Christ. Then how do we say Holy Spirit is a personality? When you say personality of Stanley, that doesn't refer to my body. It refers to my spirit. It refers to my soul. It refers to my mind. It is my personality. Now, how do we say that the Holy Spirit has a personality? Number one, he has a heart. How do we say the Holy Spirit has a heart? We read about the love of the Spirit poured out in our hearts. Love is an expression from the heart. And we say the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And comfort is an expression of the heart. 
So we say the Holy Spirit has a heart. And number two, the Holy Spirit has a mind. In Romans 8.27, we read about the mind of the Spirit. And in Isaiah 11.2, we read about the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Wisdom. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit has a will. How do we say He has a will? Philip was having a wonderful healing campaign in Samaria. And the Holy Spirit commanded Philip to go to the desert and join the chariot of the Ethiopian official. And the Holy Spirit commanded Peter to get up and go with the two men who were knocking the door of Peter to go to the house of Cornelius. And the Apostle Paul wanted to go to preach the gospel in Asia and Bithynia. The Holy Spirit did not permit them to preach the gospel there. He has a will. He can command people. He can send people. And he can also stop people. And Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit. If you read the Greek very carefully, it is always he, he, him, him. That's the personality. And what do the apostles refer to about the Holy Spirit? They say the Holy Spirit can be grieved. That's what they say, grieve not the Holy Spirit. And they say we should not insult the Spirit of grace. Only a person can be insulted. And it also says don't quench or quieten the spirit. Only a person can be quieted. And because he is a person, he is speaking to his people. Seven times in book of Revelation chapter 2 and 3 we read, He who has ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. And the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. And the Holy Spirit testifies for Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit teaches the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit leads us. That's why the Bible says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Like that, there are simply too many evidences to prove that Holy Spirit is not a force or a power or an influence, but He is an absolute person. There are so many funny things that are going on in spiritual circles in the name of the Holy Spirit. You know why? The personhood of the Holy Spirit in Trinity is forgotten. He's thought only about a force or an influence. So once you understand the Holy Spirit as a person, as God, you will be very dignified in your reference to the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And when we talk about the Spirit, we should balance between two things. On one side, the fruits of the Spirit, 
on the other side the gifts of the spirit fruits of the spirit are god's enablement to live christian life and the gifts of the spirit are god's enablement for us to proclaim the christian message fruits without gifts and gifts without fruits both are dangerous now having said it let us quickly move on to what the cults believe about the holy spirit take jehovah witnesses they bluntly say the holy spirit is not god you know what they say he is an invisible active force from jehovah in tamil nadu they are not generally known as jehovah witnesses they are known as bible students so it will the name will appear as if they are a very serious ardent students of the scriptures so when you get the name jehovah witness or when you get the name bible student they are all the same group in different names and then the group of mormons they also say the holy spirit is an electricity like influence and they say this electricity like influence emanates from god delivered the doctrines of one god and father and the doctrine of one lord and the doctrine of one spirit all these together lead us to the doctrine of trinity and the subject of trinity was very thoroughly dealt with in sound doctrine seminar 1 we'll continue our study in the next segment god bless you